This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. How many people want to be 100-fold good fruit bearers? Amen. Amen. The Bible says 30, 60, and 100-fold. But but I'm training you guys to be 100-fold. Amen? What does that mean? That means that when you get to heaven, you're going to have all your rewards plus some. Amen. And so so I'm raising up an elite army of people. Amen. And you guys are being raised up to do amazing things in God's army. You believe that today? Amen. So um, I'm talking to you today about uh, faith additives, which is the uh, title of this sermon series. And, you know, it, it, when we receive Jesus uh, as Lord and Savior, it's more than just us confessing a prayer of faith. Amen. Uh, It's more than just us being born again. Yes, being born again is the key, and that's the starter of our faith. But, you know, even though we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we still have to keep moving forward. Look at your neighbor and say, move forward. So, you know, when you get saved, you need to get into a good church. Amen. You need to have a, a spiritual minister to uh, a leader to be able to minister into your lives. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my pastor and, and, and pastors that have led me in the past. I wouldn't be here today without church. Amen. And I'm so glad for that. So let's look at Second Peter. And, I, you know, I'm going to continue to read. I know it may sound monotonous, but, uh, but you know, what's the key to learning? Repetition. Repetition is the key to learning. We have some teachers in the in the house today, and uh, you know, as teachers, you got to keep going over the same uh, multiple tables until we have them memorized. Does anybody know what six times six is? Thirty-six. That's right. Amen. Seven times seven. All right. See, repetition is the key. Man, some of you know your math. Amen. And if you don't know math, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. You better know how to add and subtract. Glory to God. So let's look at 2 Peter uh, uh, chapter 1. Uh, we're reading down from 2 and we're reading down, down all the way down to uh, 11. And it says here, this is Peter, and he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you at the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which he's been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. So he's saying here that, that, that grace and peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of Jesus. So how many people want some more grace in the house today? How many people want some more peace in the house today? Well, you get that through the knowledge of God. Amen. And we're here to get more knowledge of God. Then he says here that 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 we've escaped out of, you know, out of the the corruption of the world through lust. But we're 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 divine takers of the divine promise of God's word. Amen. And so the Bible says that we can partake of the divine nature. And so we do that through partaking of the word of God. Then he says here, he says, having escaped the corruption as in the world through lust, um, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. So Peter's saying here that we need to focus on, on these seven key principles that will keep us um, walking in the fullness of, of God's blessings in our lives. And we got it. We got to adhere to these. We want to we want to focus on these. And and number one, we want to focus on virtue. I talked about that in my first session that that we need to walk in virtue. And uh, that's moral excellence. And in other words, we want to make sure that we're living right. Is that all right to say that in a church today? Is it okay to say we need to live right? (laughs) Uh, Or is that old fashioned now? Has grace covered everything and covers also, you know, living lifestyles that aren't congruent to Christianity. No, grace covers us walking with God, but not walking away from him. Amen. Now, his grace will cover us for a certain period. But, you know, there is that final call. I don't want that final call in my life. Like, do you know, either follow me or else, you know, God gives final calls. 
I don't know if you know that or not, but he gives final calls to us. My pastor, uh, Joe Warren, when he started this church, uh, you know, he got saved as a kid. And uh, when he got saved, um, he was sold out to God and he was he was a young man. He and he received Jesus. And and but uh, then, you know, the devil started working on his mind and said, you know, you don't really want to follow God, because if you do, you know, you, you might be called to be you might be called to be a missionary and you might end up in Africa. You know, and he wa- used to watch Tarzan movies, right? And he saw all the lions and the bears and, and the crocodiles. And he said, well, I, uh, you know, and, and that thought that, that the devil sowed in his mind, that caused him to kind of backslide out of walking with Jesus. And he went into the world for over, you know, 30 years. He lived for himself and in the world. And then at 40 years of age, in his mid-40s, what's going on here? At 40 years, at 40 years, that's the church bells. That's a little too late. But uh, uh, the, at 40, I like the church bells. Good. I like that. And uh, at 40 years of age, or in his mid-40s, God told him, listen, are you going to follow me? Or, 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 or either follow me or else. And, and, and Pastor Joe said, I don't know what the or else was. And, and the or else could be uh, you could end up in hell. That could be the or else. And I don't want to have that final call, but God gives those final calls to people that aren't walking with him. And as Christians, we need to continue to walk with God. Amen. And, uh, and we know that there's going to be some that will depart from the faith, heeding the seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Amen. So we don't want to depart from the faith. Amen. We want to stay in the faith. So if, if you're, you know, if you depart from the faith, you have to be in the faith to depart from it. <laughs> right. And so and so we 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 want to stay in the faith. Look at your neighbor, say stay in the faith. So these keys will help you stay in the faith because there's people that are being deceived and, and buying into lies that alternative lifestyles are OK under the guise of grace. And it's not. Amen. We got to live for God. Amen. We got to obey his word. Amen. And, I, you know, it's all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. People say, well, God's different in the New Testament. Well, what about Ananias and Sapphira? What? Who, who are they? Well, they died in church over an offering. New Testament church. So are you telling me God still kills people today? Yes. Amen. Well, he, you could say, well, does he kill people? Well, what it is is that. That, that we, we hurt ourselves. We're the ones that come out from under God's divine protection. We, we out of our pride and, and out of, you know, what we want to do. We come out of God's protection. And then, you know, God is a God of righteousness. He's a God of justice. And he has to judge sin. I know that's a tough word today, isn't it? But God has to judge sin. Thank God we have a system that's set up, a government system that's set up on laws, that's set up that, you know, if you kill somebody, you could go to prison. That's a good thing, that you could possibly uh, get the electric chair. I don't know if they still do the electric chair anymore. <laughs> Amen. Uh, maybe they do the, uh, is it a shot now and you go to sleep? That's a little bit more humane. And, uh, but, but, you know, these things, you know, uh, are important that they're in place. Why? Because if we didn't have laws set in place, then, then you're going to have chaos. If you defund the police, then who's going to protect you? And if you take away our guns, who's going to protect? You can't even protect yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Now you're getting political, Pastor. No, I'm just saying that. That if that I'm, I'm going to talk to you today about a third key. Now, the first key is virtue. And we found out that virtue is moral excellence, that moral excellence is, is, is always doing the right thing. What's the key to staying in moral excellence? Pleasing God. So we should have a desire to please God. That's the key to, to moral excellence. Uh, number two, uh, uh, the Bible says that we need to add knowledge to our faith. We need to add knowledge to our faith. In other words, don't ever get to a point where you think you know enough. In other words, don't ever get to a point where you're in pride where you say, well, I know it all. We don't know it all. We should always be learning. 
And so what's the key to, uh, to receiving knowledge and, and continuing to receive knowledge? Hunger. That's the key. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So, so, so we need to stay hungry. Look at your neighbor and say, stay hungry. Now, I know some of you probably didn't have breakfast this morning. And you're thinking about lunch right now. Amen. But I, I'm saying this. You've got to stay hungry. What? Hungry what? To know God. You've got to stay hungry to, to, to learn about God. You don't think you know it all. Don't think you can't receive something more in God. The Bible says this, that, that give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? We need a fresh revelation of God every day. We need to understand God more and more. I, I don't want to be deceived in this life thinking I know God and I really don't. I don't want to serve a false Jesus. I want to, I want to serve the true Jesus. I want to serve the God of righteousness and a God of holiness. Oh, Pastor, are you talking holiness now? I didn't know these one of these churches. Well, holiness is more than just uh, ladies having long hair and dresses all the way down to your ankles. It's more than just that. Holiness is in your heart. Yes. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying too? Holiness is being set apart for God's use. So, so we're talking about virtue. We're talking about knowledge and hunger is the key. You should always have a desire to know more about God. And the third key here is self-control. Oh, pastor, now you're going somewhere. Self-control. So, so we need to, if you're going to add to your faith, you've got to add to your faith these virtues that will keep us in place and get us into a good place when we stand uh, in front of Jesus and he's saying, and he's going to ask us, what did we do down here? <laughs> and, he's gonna, and there's going to be a videotape of our life. And then Jesus is going to say, you know, for the good that we did, he's going to reward us. But, but there are some bad things or there's some things that we may not have done and we may lose some rewards. And I don't want to lose any rewards on that faithful day. No, I want to be a, I want to get that whole enchilada. Is that what they say? Enchilada. Whatever. You know, I'm a gringo. I'm trying to get, <laughs> help me out here. Amen. The en, enchilada. <laughs> Whatever. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. I'm not local like a best. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, we'll continue. You're crazy in the head. Hey, that was some Speedy Gonzalez. But uh, uh, here we're, we're talking about <laughs> glory to God. Amen. We're, t- we're talking about that. We need to add to our faith uh, self-control. And, 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 when, and, and let me just say this. Perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and, 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 and love. And he says, if these are abounding in you, then you will be fruitful. Right. And also the entrance into the kingdom of God will be granted to you greatly. Amen. And the Bible says, as you walk in these keys, you will never fail. In other words, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you when you think about people in the ministry and there's some ministers that have fallen in ministry. But then I I think about, you know, uh, Billy Graham. Anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? He's he's the great evangelist. He's won millions of people into the kingdom of God. And so he had a he had a rule. It's called the Billy Graham rule that he wouldn't be alone with another woman except his wife in any room or any situation. He had a rule that he would not be uh, in a place where he could be compromised. Amen. And so we need to set some rules up because we're talking about discipline this morning. We're, we're, we're talking about self-control. And if you have no rules, amen, then it's going to be easy for you to fall. Mm. You've got to have some rules. Amen. amen. Anybody uh, I used to watch that TV show CSI or what was it? There was this one guy that, that was the, the, the top police officer. He always had his rules. Amen. And so you've got to have rules. You've got to have rules in place. If we didn't have traffic lights and we didn't have lines on the road, then, then you know, if we didn't have speed limits, I'm telling you, it'd be, it, it, I mean, it would be crazy out here. Amen. So we got to have the rules. Amen. So so I'm going to say this, that that when you are adding 
to your faith, these virtues, it's going to keep you in place. Now, now when I think about self-control, when you think about self-control, what do you think about? Uh, what do you need to control? The number one thing that we need to control, amen, is our tongues. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Now you're going somewhere, Pastor. We need to control our tongues. Amen. Uh, there's a book uh, that was written by this one man, Hung by the Tongue. And, and you can hang yourself by your words. The Bible says, you know, by your words, you'll be justified. That means by your words, rewards from God will come down to heaven to you. And by your words, the curse can come into your life. The devil can put some stuff on you. So, so we need to control this thing right here, which the Bible calls your, your tongue unruly at times. Has your tongue ever been unruly? Have you ever said something you regret it? Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And what normally spurs that? Emotions. Right? We get, we get emotionally jacked up. And then all of a sudden we just unload, you know, words that we don't really mean at times. It, it's just, you're just getting emotionally jacked up, right? Is that right? And so, so we need to learn to control this little member called the tongue. Amen? And it says here in James 3, 1 and 4, it says, Brethren, it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So now some of you are saying, I'm glad I'm not teaching. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not a teacher. I'm going to get strict. I don't want to have stricter judgment. Well, if you're a parent, you're a teacher. So you're in there. Oh! What, Pastor? Yeah, if you're a parent, you're teaching your children, right? And so, so you're still going to be judged by how you raise your children. That's the reason when you come to church and you want to bring your children to church because the Bible says to raise your children up in the admonition of the Lord. So when you come to church, you just don't come to church for yourself. You come to church to put a godly inheritance into your children. And so they, when they go into Bible school or Bible class for the children, they're learning about God and they can be raised up to be great warriors for God. Amen. And you have righteous seed. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so you're, 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 not, you're getting a double blessing, parents. You're not only getting blessed being in here, but you are uh, adhering to the word of God and you're raising your children up in, in, in godliness so they can have a, a legacy of faith. Amen. Amen. Parents, pat yourself on the back. Amen. Glory to God. And it says here, Amen. Brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Listen to that. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the entire body. So James is saying that our words, that if we can control what comes out of our mouths, we can control our entire body. That is, that is an amazing statement, amen? We can control our body. So we need to control our words, amen? And so he says here, uh, 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 let me continue. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look at also the ships, through they are... So large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by very small rudder, whatever the pilot desires. So, so he's saying here, he's, he's using this as an analogy. He's saying our, uh, our tongue, uh, our words uh, are, are, are like, you know, we can be sometimes uh, emotionally jacked up like a wild horse. But if you have a horse and you put a bit in the horse's mouth and the horse is a little stubborn, you pull on that bit a little bit. And that horse is going to stop. He's going to move. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And some of us might need to get a bit to our tongue. Amen. And, uh, and then he talks about that your tongue is like a rudder of a ship. And, and, that, and that rudder is small. The ship's big. But it controls where it goes. So if you can control your words, you can control your destiny. Oh, I'm preaching today. If you can control what comes out of your mouth, you can control your destiny. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so you say, Pastor, I, I need help. We all need help. 
Pastor, I, uh, you know, because we don't intend to mess up. How many people get up in the morning and say, I want to sin today? You know, you don't normally say that. No, no, we don't have a, we don't have a tendency to want to sin. But, but sometimes somebody does something to us and we have a short fuse and we blow up. Right? Is that happen? That happens. But you weren't intending to do that. All of a sudden, somebody, you know, presses your buttons, the devil, through a person, and then you end up unloading on them. And like I said this before, if you if you give a piece of your mind out to somebody, you'll end up losing your mind. Because you won't have any mind left. So we got to learn to govern our, our, our words. But how do we do that? Pastor, well, you need to help God. You need, you, you need to get God in your equation. You need to ask God to help you. Help you. Help you say the right things. Let, let the words of my mouth. I, I know somebody who prays this prayer every day. Let the, Lord, help. Let, let the words of my mouth and, and, the, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in, in your sight today. Help me to speak the right things today. Help me to say the right things today. Uh, I know that Joyce Myers... Uh, anybody ever listen to Joyce Meyer or, or listen to her ministry? And God brought her through a lot of stuff. And she was not an easy person. And it's because she went through a lot of abuse and sexual abuse and all this. And she was hurt. And she had a lot of walls up. And, and she was not a happy person, even while she was a Christian. You know any Christians that aren't happy people? <laughs> and, uh, and, then she, and she always got in trouble with her mouth, always shooting off, always thinking the negative and speaking the negative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We tend to think negative and speak negative. And, uh, and then she was reading about words and all that. And she said, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And she, she would keep her mouth shut. And she, was, and she was still depressed. And she said, God, I'm, doing, I'm keeping my mouth shut. He said, yeah, but you're not changing the way you think. <laughs> In other words, you may stop your talking, but are you, are you still thinking stinking? <laughs> are, you, are you having stinking thinking? Amen. Or is your thoughts bad? You may not be saying anything, but are the thoughts in your mind, are they bad? Amen. And so you're thinking where, where the mind goes, the body follows. You see, you can't sin if you're not thinking about sin. Oh. I mean, if, you, if you're not thinking about going, if you're not looking at the wrong things, that's causing you to think the wrong things, that may cause you to speak the wrong things. That may cause you to act the wrong way. So what do we have to do? We, ha- we have to control our thoughts. We have to control our thoughts. And if you can control... Now, I know we get emotional and then we don't, we, don't, we don't think, we speak. So the Bible says we have to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's the Bible says we have to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. But we're normally quick to wrath, <laughs> quick to speak, and we don't hear anybody else. We don't hear any good common sense. When the Holy Spirit's trying to say, slow down, slow down, slow down, don't say that. You're like, blah, 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 too late. Amen? Right? So we don't want to practice that verse in the opposite. We want to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen? And, that, and, and James says that in, in controlling ourselves. Amen. And so he says here, uh, see, sometimes you guys need to stop, drop and roll. <laughs> have you guys ever taken, uh, have you guys ever been in school where they say, if there's a fire, you know, you catch on fire, you're stop, drop and roll. Right. Well, some of us might need to stop for a second, you know, drop the fence. Amen. And roll with the word of God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? We need to stop. We need to breathe. Breathe. <laughs> take a couple of days. Take a time out. You know, these days, you know, uh, children aren't being, you know, a lot of times children aren't being uh, punished like they need to be. They, you know, some parents don't believe in spankings. They, they believe in uh, time out. Take a time out. You know, my, my dad was a military man. He didn't believe in time out. He believed in times up. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Where's the belt? So you hear what I'm saying today? That was my, that was my dad's philosophy. It was no time. It was no, no time out. It was times up. That's it. You're done. 
But thank God, God has grace on us. Thank God, God gives us a little time to repent and get back with Him. Amen? God is long-suffering. So He gives us time to get our act together. He gives us time. God's good, good with that. But people aren't good. People don't normally have patience with us. You ever in traffic and you make one little mistake and somebody beeps their horn really hard at you or, or cussing at you or whatever just because you make a little mistake? In the, people don't have patience. They don't have a lot of mercy in this, in, this, in, in this world. Hopefully that's not you cussing people out. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so what do we need to do? We need to take control of our thoughts. So I, I'm talking to you about um, uh, self-control this morning. Number one, we need to control our tongue. How do we control our tongue? We have to control our thoughts. Our thought life is so important. So in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 6, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought to captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, so I know this can go over our heads. So he says that we, that we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Amen. But, but, but our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. What does that mean? Well, strongholds are, are patterns of thinking that we have. And so we could have right patterns of thinking or wrong patterns of thinking. And so our patterns of thinking, how we think about things, can determine what happens to us in life. Amen? And so we got to make sure, so in the process of us being Christians, we're moving out of wrong patterns of thinking into right patterns of thinking. Is that right? Because there's, you know, some of us, there's still worldliness in some of us. Oh, pastor, are you going there? There's still worldly thinking. We still think like the world at times. Amen. And we got to get that worldly thinking out of us. We can't think. You, can, you know, remember like I said before I got saved, I, I used my worldly thinking was I got to look out for number one because nobody's going to look out for me. I got to take care of myself. Right. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says, teaches us to look out for other people. Right? So the Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible says, actually, you need to lower yourself in front of others. In other words, you let the other people take the high road. See, the Bible teaches it differently. The Bible says, forgive your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. See, the, it doesn't say, you know, it did say in the Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you just read the Old Testament, then, boy, that works with our flesh. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Pastor, he knocks my tooth out. I'm knocking two of his out. That's what it says in the Old Testament. Right? But Jesus said, turn the other cheek. What? Yeah, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. How can you do that? You've got to change the way you think about things. You've got you to change this gray matter so it will matter. So you've got to change that. So how do you do that? Well... First of all, you have to, you have to uh, uh, line your thinking up with the Word of God. Your thinking has to be lined up with the Word of God. Because if it's not lined up with the Word of God, you're going to be going with worldly theology. You're going to be going with, with the way the world thinks about things. You've got you to protect yourself. No, the Bible says, you know, don't even fight, let God fight your battles. That's probably the hardest thing we can ever do is let God fight our battles. Because we want to get up and fight our own battles. You know, I lost my wallet a few weeks back. It was over a month ago. And uh, I was at this restaurant. I'm not even going to say the name of the restaurant. And I was at this restaurant and I knew I left my wallet on the, on the um, seat. Uh, it was a booth. And I knew I did. And, uh, and I left there and I said, oh, I don't have my wallet. And I was, and I was back there within the hour. And I said, I left my wallet in the booth and you guys should have it, you know. And uh, they looked, no, we don't, we don't got it. We're going to all play. I said, you sure you don't have it? I said, is there a place that you put wallets? You know, I, I was just here. No, no. I said, okay. I said, oh, no, oh my gosh, did somebody take that wallet? You know, you know, you, you know you, your wallet's lost. You know what I'm talking about? 
And uh, so the next day I go over there and I go over there. I said, listen, I was over here. I know you guys must have placed it somewhere. I just felt led to go back. And the, and the guy came out was the guy that I didn't recognize. And he, went, he said, this is a booth. He started pulling everything. He pulled that booth apart. I mean, right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's not here. You know, he was trying to prove to me it's not here. And so I said, okay. So I had to go change all my stuff out, you know, cancel all my credit cards. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, but, uh, but I went to that restaurant just this week, this past week, last week. And, uh, and I just felt led in my heart, you know, because I prayed this prayer, Lord, direct my steps today, you know. And, you know, you don't want your license floating out there, you know, and, you know, you don't want to be compromised in all your stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And so I just felt led to ask, now, to ask, you know, I've never seen this lady before. Uh, well, the, 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 the lady, I said, I, I left a brown wallet here. Can you look for it uh, or can you, can you tell me if it's been turned in? And so, and so the lady says, okay, what's your name? And she went back there and then this lady comes out and brings my wallet out. She says, I've been waiting for you to come out here. And I was like, I came out twice, you know. <laughs> and uh, she said, I, I said, well, you know, they did check the safe. And she said, well, I put it in a special place. <laughs> right. Then why don't you tell your staff? You know, you know, you know, it's been a month. You know, I don't need the wallet anymore. Keep it. You know, and uh, do you know what I'm talking about? You know, all those credit cards are closed out. I got all new credit cards now. I went through hell, you know, a month ago. You know what I'm talking about? And then I had a friend of mine says, you're not going to eat there again. No, I'll probably eat there again. They got a good salad bar. But anyway, but I didn't get mad because I just said, oh, you know, you, it's just the enemy wants you to just get angry. I'm just thankful that I got my wallet. I got my credit card. I mean, got my license back. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Standing in DMV for three hours. No, I'm kidding. But I had an extra license. Thank God. And um, but what I'm saying, the enemy's going to try to get you upset. And because the world, there's a bunch of losers in the world. There's a bunch of people that just don't do things right in the world. Let's put it that way. There's people make mistakes all the time. Amen. You know, there, you know, management's not that great in the world sometimes. Amen. Are you here? So you just got you just got to let bygones be bygones. Let it go. I just said, oh, OK, I just I, I played it cool, you know, and I said, OK, because you know, I never know. She might be in my church someday, you know. <laughs> She's saved. You know, that mean, crusty pastor, he's yelled at me. He, she may never get saved if I, if I just gave her, the, read her the riot act, right? Is that what they call it, the riot act? You know, and, and so in other words, and gave her the third degree. I could have gave her the third degree. What is wrong with you? you why didn't you tell your staff? You, it's a special place. You hide my wallet, you know. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Glory to God. All right, we'll continue. <laughs> Are you hear what I'm saying today? My God. Months later, amen. I've been waiting for you to come back. All right, we'll continue. But you know what? The good thing about it is the Holy Spirit prompted me to ask again. Isn't that amazing how great the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is, ask him again. Because the Holy Spirit knew it was there. Yeah, you got, there's some knuckleheads that work there. Amen. They don't know they're 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 they don't know what's going on. Amen. And uh, and so um, so we'll continue. So so what do, how do we get our mind right so we can get our tongue right? How how do we do that? Well, Romans twelve one and two. Um, it, it, we have we have to uh, be uh, not not conformed, but we must be transformed. That's the key. We don't want to be conformed to the world philosophy, the way the world thinks. Amen. See, the, the way the world thinks is, the world thinks this way. You got to, in order to die, you have to be sick. Do you know the Bible teach, uh, that the world thinks that way? Uh, for somebody to die, they must, ha- must, must die of either cancer or heart disease. Why can't you just fall asleep in the Lord? What, you know what I'm saying? Why do you have to die of some disease? Did Moses die of some disease? No. Amen. Uh, did, did Abraham die of some disease? No, no, no. They just fell asleep in the Lord. Why do we think we got to die of some disease to die? 
But the world will make it like, well, there's, you know, we're all going to get, we're all getting older. You got to have medicine. Why do you even have to have medicine? Why don't you get the medicine of the word of God? Are you hear what I'm saying? I know we have medications that help with high blood pressure and diabetes, but hopefully our faith is moving us out of that. Amen. And so, so we got to, we got to, now we got to, we don't want to be conformed to the world. Uh, you know, my, gosh, my, um, my son Christian likes to listen to the, the kids' YouTube videos. And, you know, they got these videos that's permeated with the worldly philosophy. One of them is that, take your vaccine, take your vaccine over and over again. I'm like, what? This come in the kid stuff. And then there's another one about, you know, I am sick. I am coughing. So I need to go to the doctor. And, and he plays it over and over. I say, get that off. I don't want to hear I'm sick. I don't want to hear that. Or my kid, it's a nice, nice, fun tune that sounds really good. But I'm like, I say, get that off. We're trying to figure out. My my wife gets it off, and he's able to get back on it. And he likes to play it, loop it over and over. I am sick. No. Why? Because what we hear will eventually go into our minds, and what we think about will eventually go into our hearts. That's why this pandemic. You know, or panic-demic. It's causing people to have fear in their lives, especially people that don't know God, and they have no faith, and they think the only solution is science, and they put their faith in science, and the vaccine, and, and, and masks, and social distancing, and they still get sick. Because science isn't the answer. Yes, it can help. I'm not against science. Thank God for it. Amen. Thank God for medication. But, but it, can't, it doesn't take place of the supernatural God that we serve. And science fails us. God will never fail us. God's word will never fail us. So science is always shifting and changing. Because when they were talking about the vaccine, they said, you can take the vaccine. You don't have to wear your mask. Woo, glory. Now they're saying, you got to wear it now. They change everything around. It's always shifting, but God's word never shifts or changes. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's solid. It doesn't fluctuate. Remember, they will tell you, milk is good. Then they will say, milk is bad. Then they will go back and say, milk is good. Then they will say, eggs is good. Then they will say, egg has cholesterol. Then they go back and say, oh, no, eggs are good again. <laughs> Have you ever heard all this stuff? That's science. And you put your faith in it? <laughs> then you got people that are multimillionaires, dumb people, buying these skulls that they say it's, it's uh, from, you know, it's a skull of, a, of a, uh, you know, some dinosaur. And, and, and what it is is put together by plaster. <laughs> <laughs> and they buy it for a million dollars thinking it's a skull they found underneath the earth that's made out of plastic. Okay, we'll continue. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying to you today? People are buying into stuff. Don't buy into lies. Buy into the truth. And so what do we need to do? It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, uh, in view of God's mercy, this is the NIV, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this, this is what I'm saying to you today. If you're lacking self-control, especially in your words, or if you're lacking self-control in your actions, you have to change the way you think about things. Amen. And, and the way you think about things will determine what, what your actions are going to be. And so if you start changing the way you think about things, then, then your, your, your speech will change and your actions will change. Amen. So what do we have to do? We don't want to think about the negative. We want to think about the positive. We don't want to think about the bad things that, that might happen. We want to think about the good things. I think there was a, a book that was, that was written, you know, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And I think it was by Dale Carnegie. And he says that 90% of what people worry about never come to pass. 90% of what we worry about doesn't even come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so get the worry thoughts out. 
Amen. Don't, 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 don't focus on that. Because what you focus on, you will draw to you. Now you're sounding like one of these guys on a TED Talk. What you focus on, will you draw? You focus on negative, nobody likes me, my life is terrible and all that, and nobody's going to like you. <laughs> you start telling everybody how bad your life is, nobody want to be around you. <laughs> Why does anybody around you? Because you're always talking negative. People like to be around positive people. Unless you're in the pity party group. Then that's the group that you talk about all your problems all the time and you never come out of it and you're always licking your wounds in that group. It's called the pity party group. It's my party and I cry if I want to. Cry if I want. You'd cry too if it was happening to you. Right? It's called the pity party. Right? I, I, you know, I, I grew up, I had problems and this and my parents and that and this. Don't blame what you do from your past. People say, well, they grew up in a bad situation. That's why they killed 20 people. Listen, there's people that's grown up in worse conditions and come out to be beautiful human beings. They've overcome all these. Think about Joyce Meyer. Bring back Joyce Meyer. uh, Physical abuse and all this uh, 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 from her father and all this. She could have been an axe murderer for all the pain she went through. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? She could have been a man killer. A black widow. Amen. But no, she came out great. Why? Because she allowed the word of God to transform her thinking. She came to a point where she forgave her father and she bought him a house and she led him to Jesus. And he's in heaven today. But you know, she hated him for what he did to her still in her childhood. But she transformed the way she thought. And she thought about the goodness of Jesus. And she thought about that she wasn't that good of a person. And Jesus endured all this hostility towards, uh, 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 of sinners towards him. And Jesus was whipped. And Jesus was beaten. And he was, he was so marred he didn't even look like a man. And he went to the cross and they nailed him on the cross. And Jesus did that for us. And did that for our shortcomings. And as she focused on the the sacrifice of Jesus, how could she hold something against her dad? That was being run by the devil. Because people, you know, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because people don't realize that they're puppets of the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And they're being run by the devil. They don't understand that. But they will when they end up in hell. Oh my gosh, I was deceived. But they think that they're, they're, they think they're acting on their own accord. You don't act on your, you think you're acting on your own accord down here. But you're either being led by, by the Spirit of God, or your flesh, or the devil. Your flesh is, is the unruly part of you that, that wants to, you know, sow wild oats, if I may. And that's where you've got to control yourself. And, and, and this is the two motivational factors of self-control. You, you ready for this? Two motivational factors of self-control. Controlling yourself, right? The two motivational factors. Number one is reward. Reward. So if you have, if you're reward-minded, you're going to learn to control yourself. Like when I took that, that uh, contest, Body for Life, and I had, I had to discipline myself and eat right, drink two glasses of water with each meal, and, and, and eat just the palm of my hand, like three, you know, like a piece of meat that's the size of my hand, and then vegetables, amen. It sounds like you're in prison, doesn't it? But anyway, and, uh, and two glasses of water, amen. And, and we had to do that for like three meals a day, and, and no sweets, no sugar, amen. And, and you only had one cheat day, that was Sunday. You could eat ice cream and pizza. But six days a week, you better live like you're in prison, right? Like my, my mom would control my dad's eating. Any wives control your, your husband's eating? Any wives like that? Because, you know, if you don't, then, you, then your husband would be dead, right? And, uh, and so um, my, my mom said, no, you don't want to eat that. And she would cook his meals. And he says, you know, you, know, you put me on this diet and it, it may make me live longer, but it may, I may not want to. Live longer, not eating what I enjoy. I may not want to live longer. I hear what I'm saying. That's the way we all feel tonight. I, I rather just enjoy life and just live short. 
No, listen, I, 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 I want to live a long life. You can have it both ways. You, can, you can't really, have, can you have your cake and eat it too? Sometimes, in moderation. <laughs> in moderation. I don't want to blow you guys out with this message. In moderation. It's okay to have a slice of cake, but not every meal. It's okay to have a donut every once in a while, but not every day. It's okay. It's okay. We had, I had Krispy Kreme yesterday. I, it was good. I enjoyed the Krispy Kreme. The flesh really enjoyed it. Amen. I mean, I was, I was devouring it. Amen. But, it's, but once a week is okay. And then and, and I bought three Krispy Kreme donuts with my, with my daughter. And I said, you know, um, and, and the other two was for the other kids. And, 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 and I said, to, I kind of made, said to Christina, I said, listen, we could eat these. And they don't know, have to know about it. <laughs> and Christina liked that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, let's have some donuts. She ate all three. And I'm talking about self-control today. I had only half a donut. She said, Dad, I'm going go to go with the third one. I said, the third one? I didn't hold her back. I said, once a week we can do this, right? Just binge, binge, binge. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? But you don't want to make that a lifestyle. Amen. So, so how, how do we do? How do we control our, 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 our speaking? How do we control it by our thinking? Amen. We got to conform to the word, world, uh, word of God. And then it says here, what do we think on? Philippians four, six, and eight it says, "Do not be anxious for anything, but in every every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus." Then he says, "Finally, brothers." And sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think on these things. And then the rest of it says, and the God of peace will be with you. So, so if, you're, if you're in turmoil today as Christian, if you're in turmoil today, if you're, if you're dealing with worry thoughts uh, or worries, you're dealing with worry thoughts. You're dealing with what might what may never come to pass because 90% of what we believe is negative will not happen to us. So, so we, we need to exchange our thoughts and that's why I say to you, good people, to, to, to think on the promises of God's word. When things aren't going well, meditate on God's promises like, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Good plans to give you a hope and a future. You need to clean on to some of these scriptures because the devil's going to say, you're going down. You're not going to make it. Your life is going down the toilet. If I may, it's going down. No, no, the devil will try to tell you that. Circumstances will try to tell you that. But you guys say, no, my God has a good plan for my life. And so you have to start confessing. And, you, and how you outrule negative thoughts, you do it by positive words. You fight negative thoughts with positive words. You control the way you, instead of saying, oh, I'm not going to make it, say, say, I am going to make it. My God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You start speaking the promises of God's word out of your mouth and angels will take a hold of God's word and make it come to pass. Because there are angels that hearken to God's word. Psalms 103 verse 20. So as we speak God's word, God's angels make sure. It, that's why prayer works. You wonder, how does prayer work? When we pray, it puts our angels in place. We're praying God's promises, believing God's word, and God's saying they're standing on my word, so the angels go forth and make it happen. The angels, angels of God can influence people for favor for your good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when we're speaking negative and we're speaking the wrong things and we're thinking the wrong things, then demonic forces can come against us. And the enemy can be unleashed against us by our own words, by, by speaking, by even our own thinking. Even, even Job said the very thing he feared came upon him. Job 3.25. So Job, his life went down a little bit. For a certain time, because the thing he feared, he had, he was, uh, well, uh, 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 he, he was, uh, he, he, he had 
fear more than faith in his life. And you've got to have faith. Faith, the word of God will bring faith to us. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to be uh, uh, disciplined people? I'm closing here. What's the key to being disciplined? Amen. What's the key to, to walking in uh, great faith? What's the key? Number one, if you're going to be disciplined, now I'm talking about you might need to get disciplined in your eating habits. Oh, pastor. Amen. You might need to get disciplined in your spending. What? You might be in debt today. And so you might be... You might need to get discipline in that. You might need to get discipline in, in, in these areas that people are undisciplined and, and, and cause and they're and it's causing problems in their life. You know, if if you have a problem with shopping, just don't go to the mall. If you have problems eating donuts, don't drive by Krispy Kreme. In other words, out of sight, out of mind. Get it out of your way. That's one of my keys here. But the number one key I want to talk to you about, and I'm closing here, if you're going to be a man and woman of God, and if you're going to walk in the fullness of God's blessings, where you're going to, you're going to have to get vision in your life. You're going to have to have a clear-cut vision of what you want. So there's two things, again, let me, let me get back there, two things that will cause us to have self-control. Number one is reward. We run after the reward, so we get disciplined because we want the reward. When, when I went on that Body for Life contest, I wanted to win the Ferrari that he was giving away. So the reward of winning the Ferrari kept me in line. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But I got the t-shirt. I got the consolation prize. Amen. I got the consolation prize. You know, they got thousands of, you know, I thought I looked good, you know. But anyway... Uh, but I got the consolation prize, right? And so, and so, but the reward, uh, Paul was running after reward. But then the other key to discipline, to uh, controlling yourself, is, is the fear of punishment. In other words, you don't want punishment coming your way. You don't want judgment coming your way. It, with God, you gotta, it, you got to have two things working in your life for discipline. Number one, you've got to be running towards the reward, a blessing. Number two, you've got to be abstaining from doing things because you don't want the judgment coming into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So like when my wife got saved, my wife got saved, and, 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 this, and, and, and one of her friends was talking to her about Jesus and just told her that if she didn't receive Jesus, she would go to hell. And, and, and he was a real smart guy, an engineer and all that, and she looked up to him and She's, and he must know what he's talking about. He's an engineer, right? But he just said, you know, you got to receive Jesus. And she said, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, shouldn't always, always lead to God? Shouldn't all paths go to God? Is it, can't all religions lead to God? No. Broad is a way that leads to destruction and many fall in there. Narrow is a way that leads to life. Very few find it. Jesus is the narrow way. And so he said, listen, if you want to escape hell, well, that put a little fear in her. I don't want to go to hell. She got saved. So fear can move you into discipline, can move you into a decision. My dad, before he passed away, they, they, the doctor said, you're on the cusp of diabetes. And so he didn't, want, he, he didn't want to get diabetes. So the fear of getting diabetes, he changed his diet. So sometimes we need fear in our life to move us in a positive direction. Sometimes we need a warning in our life. Sometimes we need the hammer to fall every once in a while. Sometimes we need the doctor to say, get off the pork. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Why? Because you may have a heart attack. But sometimes that's not even enough. I would say reward is a greater motivator than, than, than fear of judgment. Reward is a greater motivator, but fear will move us into that direction. Whatever it takes, it depends on your personality. You might need the hand of God to slap you upside the head. Amen? Depending on your personality. Or you may, you may be one in the idea of reward. I'm a reward guy. I like rewards. When, um, and I'm trying to close down here, and I am closing, but... I remember that in, in, in second grade, they had this drive, Campbell Soup Labels. Drive, that you, 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 your class could win this prize, you could win so many prizes. 
And and so second grade, uh, you know, I didn't really do it. You know that you know I heard about it, but but I thought they were going to do it in the third grade, right? So all summer long, I I saved all these camel soup, you know, labels, and I had like fifty or sixty. I was so proud of myself. I'm going to get the reward, and I bring it in. She says, "We're not doing it this year." <laughs> I had fifty of them. <laughs> do you remember that? I was so upset. But God won't do that to you. The world will. You do all this stuff. And man, if you do this, if you jump through all these hoops, religion will tell you that. If you jump all through these hoops, if you join the church, if you be confirmed in the church, if you get water baptized, then you're going to make it in heaven. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that you better get Jesus in your life. But, but people are, yeah, okay, I'll get in heaven if I just adhere to all these rules and regulations. No, you better get Jesus in your life. That's what you need. Amen. And so, and so you'll end up empty like the Campbell Soup labels. You'll do all these things. And at the end, well, I did all this for God. But you didn't get Jesus in your life. Guess where you end up? You may have been a good religious person. You may uh, adhere to all these religious rules of these different religions out here. But, but if you don't have Jesus, no way you can get into heaven. And so Jesus compels us. You know, uh, God compels us to get Jesus, and when we get Jesus, He transforms our heart. And then when we line ourselves up with the Word of God and start walking out the Word of God, we'll see the blessings of God in our life. So we need to have vision. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. It, it's really a little bit more clear in the Amplified. It says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God in His Word, the people are unrestrained. So what does that mean? We have no discipline in our life. When we don't think about God and we don't think about rewards and we don't even think about, you know, judgment, then we have no discipline in our life. And we end up just going, going the wrong way. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, so we, number two, if we're going to move into a place where we're in uh, controlling ourselves, we, we need to get the temptations out of our way. In other words, if you've got a problem with food, about eating cookies and cakes and all that, get it out of your house. Don't go down the cookie aisle when you're in the, in the store. In other words, out of, out of sight, out of mind. Don't, don't get, you know, one person said this, you know, I, I wouldn't be tempted if it wasn't for temptation. You know, I wouldn't be tempted if it wasn't for temptation, Pastor. Then get the temptation out. Well, I wouldn't be doing wrong things if my friends, if my friend, if I... Get rid of the friends that are motivating you and doing the wrong things. Sometimes you might need to cut off some of these ungodly relationships to, so you can keep staying in the blessings of God. So, so do whatever it takes. In other words, the Bible says don't make provisions for your flesh. Put on Jesus Christ. Don't make provisions for your flesh. Put on Jesus Christ. So we want, to get, we want to get that out of the way. Number three, what we need to do is we need to surround ourselves with godly people. We need to surround ourselves with mentors. You know who my mentors are? Well, yes, my, my pastor, amen, uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin, uh, Jr. But more than that, my mentors are the people in the Bible that won. Peter, John, uh, uh, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John. Uh, Jesus is my mentor. So when I'm studying about Jesus' life and I'm studying about what Peter is saying, I'm studying about what the Apostle Paul is saying, they're my mentors. I'm hanging out with them every day. Who do you hang out with? Well, I hung out with Peter yesterday. How do you do that? I read read the, the letters he wrote to the church. I'm hanging out with Peter. I'm hanging out with Paul. I'm hanging out with, with John, you know, with, oh, you hear what I said? How do you hang out with these people? You read their writings. You start to be, you become who you hang out with. And you start hanging out with, with the, these people. These people can be mentors in your life. I know successful people that would take bio, uh, uh, biographies of successful people and they would read them and study what these successful people do and they become successful. Why? Because they, they find mentors. You've got to have a mentor in your life. And hopefully when you're in church, I'm, I'm like one of your mentors, hopefully. But are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, you're, 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 you're getting knowledge from me and you're saying, oh, I can apply that, I can apply that. Why? Because I want you winning in life. 
So you've got to surround yourself with God-fearing, God-loving people. If you're hanging out with the world, then, then you're going to become like the world. Amen. If you're ingesting what the world does, you're reading the world's books and you're watching the world's movies and and you're going to take on the world. You're going to become a worldly Christian and you're going to be winning part of the time and losing part of the time. But I don't want to be a worldly Christian. I, I want to be a godly Christian. And there's lots of worldly Christians out here. People that are focused more on the world than they are on God. And I want to walk in the fullness of God's blessings in my life. And number four, the fourth key is, is you've got to trust the process in, in, in the work that you're doing. What do you mean by that, trust the process? I mean that you've got to believe praying, fasting, giving, all these keys to our Christian walk will accomplish something. The, you know, the devil will say, you just gave money into that offering and you know you didn't do that well this week and you're in, in, at work. You know? uh, the devil's going to challenge your giving. The, cha- the devil's going to challenge your praying. Well, you've been praying and you know nothing's, wor- how, nothing's working out. You, you're, you're not seeing, you're not seeing your, your, your prayers answered. Hey, wait on. Hold on, Hoss. Who, who, you know, uh, how do you know God's not moving on your prayers? Well, because, you know, because you're letting a clock tell you that God's not working? No, no. It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. So it's a, you've got to believe in the process. You've got to believe in the process of prayer. There's a process in prayer. The Bible says continue to pray. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Uh, don't give up in praying. So, so what, what, what the devil will do is say, you must, it's getting worse. Why even pray? What, what, what's your alternative? Curse God and die? Give up? No, you can't give up. You've got to believe in the process. You've got to believe in the process of prayer. You've got to believe in the process of giving. You've got to believe in the process of fasting. You've got to believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You've got to believe it when nothing's happening, when it doesn't look like your prayers are being answered, when it doesn't look like that, that things are changing, when it seems like it just keeps the same thing keeps happening day after day, and it's getting worse. If it's getting worse, God's working because the devil's working. And I'm telling you, because that person, if that person's attitude you're praying for is getting worse, then that means God's working. Why do you say that? Because he, they're, they're getting so irritated. They don't got no peace in their life. They can't enjoy sin, right? So, so sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Remember, you say, well, where's that at in the Bible? Remember the Israelites? Remember they were, they were, uh, they were under captivity to the Pharaoh? And remember that God, God started doing these, these plagues, the ten plagues? And remember each plague, it seemed like they got, it got worse on the, on the Jewish people? Pretty soon they had to make bricks with no, no hay or whatever, and it got worse and worse. And they said, why'd you even come out here, Moses? Right? But sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Pretty soon they were in the promised land. But they had to go through the wilderness. And I'm going to say this to you, I'm closing today. There's going to be a wilderness each one of us is going to go through. There's going to be a, I call it the process. And I'm telling you, we're all going to go through some type of wilderness. In other words, we're all going to go through a faith test in our lives. But we got to keep pressing in, no matter what obstacles are coming our way. No matter what it looks like. Man, we are people of faith. We don't go by what it looks like. We don't go by what we think about. We go by what we believe. And we believe the Word of God. And the Word of God will trump every negative thing in our lives. you got to get the Word. you got to get to the Word. And the Word will cause you to float above everything, every losing thing in life. Do you believe that today? And when you, when you adhere to these principles and you're running on reward, it will discipline you. And if you need to, you may need to run on the consequences of what sin can do in your life. Amen? And if you, if you, I don't want the consequences of sin in my life, and that should keep you walking the straight and narrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for these precious people here. I thank you, Father God, for those watching online. And Father, I know self-control or discipline is a key, Father, for us to walk in the fullness of your grace. 
Father, I know that these people out here desire to walk in a greater blessing of your, of your love and your peace and your joy and your provisions, Father. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that we're turning even to you in a greater way today. Maybe you're here watching online. Maybe you're here in the audience and you haven't totally sold out to Jesus. Uh, you know, the Jesus is just kind of, he's kind of, he's there when you need him, when you're in trouble, but he's not really there in your life. Or maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Well, today the Bible says it's a day of salvation. God is knocking on the door of people's hearts today. He's knocking on the door of your heart if you're watching today or listening uh, to this message. And, and so you need to call out to Jesus. The Bible says those that call in the name of Jesus will not be disappointed. Those that receive Christ. So today is the day to call upon him. So if you're ready to do that today, just confess this out of your mouth and believe in your heart. And just say this. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a desire to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.